Hello, I'm Ruth and I'm the host of Unleash Your Goddess. Today we delve into Alice's life and find out how she turned her pain into something beautiful. We will touch on drugs at the age of 14 and violent abusive partners. Losing all self-love and confidence, this led into heroin, shoplifting, prostitution and prison. There the healing started. We have disguised her voice and changed her name to protect her identity. I want to thank Alice from the bottom of my heart for finding her voice. Our tragedies will become great blessings for others. Thank you, Alice. Thank you for coming on today. So what do you want to achieve by um, by sharing your journey today? Well, I want other people to be able to hear my story and hopefully take some inspiration away from it to be able to help themselves people that are maybe still struggling with the things that I have throughout my life. And also, I think it's going to strengthen me because I'm quite anxious with talking about myself and my life. And so, yeah, I, th- I think it will just help me and other people to yeah. get that voice out there. That's right. And I really appreciate you coming on, Alice, today. It was, it's, I, I just, from the bottom of my heart, you know, this is, by sharing your story is healing others. It's a big thing, and and as I've I've already put up, obviously we're we're protecting your name and your voice um, to keep to keep your identity. So so yeah. So what did you want to be when you uh, when you was younger? Uh, well, I didn't actually have any careers or anything like that that I wanted to be. I just wanted to be a mother. I just always wanted to have children. I was so maternal. And um, my dollies were my babies and I was changing nappies of cousins when I was only about three or four years old myself. And and so that's all I ever knew that I wanted to do was to be a mother. Yeah. Um, and, and that never has never happened for me. You grew up in the UK. Did you have a happy upbringing yeah. or mum, dad? Um, I did my mum was only 17 when she had me and she still lived at home with her parents and my granddad died whilst my mum was pregnant with me and so then it was me my mum and my nan and I've actually just been thinking about it lately and I think I must have felt all of that grief and trauma of my mum losing her dad and then having me so young. And so I was always terrified of dying. I used to cry myself to sleep at night, worried that I was going to die, never wanted to leave my mum's sight. I was quite insecure. Where do you think that came from? I think it's from that I felt the grief that my mum was going through because I don't actually remember visually seeing her cry or anything like that but I'm very um sensitive and I I'm an empath so I think I just picked up and absorbed all of that that was going on and then my nan sort of tried to take over or did take over with me and I was always being pulled between my mum and my nan and so I always felt I was being pulled between 
people and I was I was an only child which I didn't like I felt very lonely so I was very spoiled with material things but also I had a lot of pressure put on me by my nan that I always had to be the best and yeah. You know, I always had to look better than that little girl. And there was this real competitive that I haven't got naturally. No. no. So, yeah. I was There's a lot of pressure there, wasn't there, a bit? Did, did your mum ever like stick up for you or speak up or? No, not not at the time. No. And I look back now and I think it is because where she lost her dad, obviously, my mum lost yeah. her husband. And and so because of that, I kind of rebelled against my mum because I just always just wanted my mum. Yeah. But she went to work and she worked full time. And um, my nan kind of brought me up. And you, and wasn't, so you wasn't that close to your nan? I was, but I just wanted my mum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you speak to her now, your mum? We're best friends now. Oh, oh, that's lovely. That's that's. It lovely. took a long time. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until sort of my late twenties that me yeah. and my mum really started getting close. And I suppose we both had to kind of grow up. And um, how old was she when she had you? Seventeen. She was seventeen, so she was she was just a youngster herself, wasn't she? Yeah, I, know, I I had my first one at eighteen, and you are you're just a child. You just you just you you don't know what you're doing really. It's uh yeah, no. hard hard for the both of you. So lead, leading up to 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 the day when you left, um, what what happened for you to leave? How old was you? I was fourteen. Yes, yeah, so me and my mum always had a very strained relationship, and also I'll just say so when I was really quite young I always remember my nan telling me that my mum never wanted me and that I she only had me because my nan told her she wasn't allowed to have an abortion so that obviously no no yeah and so I then really rebelled against my mum and Eventually, my mum got her own mortgage. We moved out of my nan's into a house where it was just me and my mum. My mum was at work all the time, so I was on my own all the time. And I started playing truant from school. I started experimenting with um, LSD and cannabis. Um, And then one day, me and my mum got into a massive argument and I went to walk out and she said, if you walk out, don't come back. And so me being really stubborn and already at 14 thinking I was an adult. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go back. I, I just didn't go back. And I ended up going to stay with my friends, my friend and his dad. His dad was like 37. Um, and, and I started having a relationship with him. Yeah. He was an alcoholic, um. So I started drinking with him, and he never. Looking, physically... Do you think you were looking for that father figure? I think so. Yeah, just love and to be wanted. Yeah, 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 and just feeling part of a family. Yeah, 
because where I was an only child, I always just really craved to be part of a family with siblings and yeah, a, a father figure. And yeah. so now my views on it and looking back now are, are so different. You know, I can see it from a different perspective, yeah. but at, at the time, yeah. Well, that's, that's so. How, so how long did you stay with him? Um, I think I must have stayed there. It was it was under a year. I can't really remember all of the times yeah. now. A lot of it is a blur because I was on drugs. Was he? So he was on drugs as well then. No, he was just on alcohol, oh, but yeah. I was I was taking alcohol and cannabis. Yeah. Um, then after that, that's when I really got into drugs after I left him. And again, I just moved on from him into, I, I got another boyfriend who was my age, moved in with his family, his mum, his sister was my best friend um, and started taking speed yeah. and ecstasy. Um, and he was very physically abusive how did, how did that make you feel when he was when he was abusive? And... I felt sorry for him, like because he'd had a really bad childhood. His yeah. father used to beat him, and so it was always like I always felt like I was trying to rescue. Uh, I was just talking him. to my counsellor about that. Me and my <laughs> relationships. And I was yeah, like I didn't, couldn't help them. <laughs> I wanted to yeah. help. Them. I know, and that's how you feel. And he'd get, he'd be all remorseful afterwards, and I'd yeah. end up comforting him yeah. and reassuring him. You know, it's okay. I'm never going to leave. I, I'm never going to be unfaithful. And and yeah, it's just awful. And and also sexually, yeah. he would make have sex with him in front of his friends, and they would film it. And um he actually got all of my clothes one day and burnt them all so I literally had nothing nothing at all I'd lost all my confidence and and it was like he was my world and I just wanted to fix him yeah and then everything would be okay and he'd realize that I wasn't a bad person and you know yeah so so was he on drugs as well yeah, like this. And what about his family? Because you lived with his family. Did they see what was going on? Yeah, well, his mum, she was on drugs as well, and yeah. he would take her money, and um, he kind of like ruled the household. You know, everybody yeah. was scared of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of us were. That's such a shame. At at this point, as we're talking, what would you say to somebody that is same age? And in the same situation, looking back, would you say it's better to start loving yourself and working on yourself, get away? Yeah, yeah I would say you can't rescue somebody like that. And it's, you know, it's their issues. Um, and just just get out, you know, because you will you will end up losing everything. And it You're never going to be able to help them. Well, they're like that, are you? I've, I've you're never, that. Yeah, you're never going to be able to help them. They they have to find, they have to want to change and find their own help. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and just to believe in yourself and, and believe that you're worth more than that you know and it's to, so hard when you've had like the upbringing that you've had and a lot a lot of uh, girls have had you know to not feel they just want to feel loved they'll do anything to, yeah. love, to please to, to get that love you know and it's yeah. just it's just crying out for love isn't it and to be wanted it um, is yeah what did you see for your future at that point did you did you think about your future did you I don't think I did no no I don't uh, no I wasn't thinking about my future at all I was just in the moment surviving yeah I was just surviving yeah yeah Yeah, surviving that's it it's just getting through isn't it so so when you left you left him did you what age was he when you left and what what happened for you to leave so I managed to build up the strength I think I had just I'd had enough of it I knew it wasn't right it wasn't going to get any better I realized you know I couldn't help him I did realize that so I whilst he was out I just left I didn't take anything and I walked quite a long way to my auntie's and I stayed with her um, and then I got a, um, I was still still taking drugs and everything, um, but I stayed with her and I, I went to the council and applied for house, some sort of housing. Yeah, yeah. And I was only, I, I wasn't quite 17 yet. So I got put into a um, under 18 year olds girl's, bed sit oh yes yeah place where I had my own room and there was a shared kitchen yeah um and and it was down in the town any help any counseling any help was you just surrounded by other other girls in the same situation basically yeah I did go for some counseling I wasn't ready then you know I was just in that stage where I was blaming everybody I was was blaming my mum yeah basically for everything that was happening to me so counseling would wasn't going to help me at that point I was too into the anger and and drugs and I wasn't looking at my future or wanting to get better really at that point I'd kind of given up I had no confidence and I just felt angry with the world yeah no I can understand that so at the, yeah. age, at the age of 17, if it gets too much, you want to pause, that's fine. We can. No, it's fine. Um, at, so at the age of at 17, you started taking the head to the home. Um, yeah, so I got another boyfriend. Um, one of his friends had some heroin. And it, and it was funny because I'd taken all these other different drugs you know mostly uppers yeah and but I'd always said because I think it gets drum got drummed into us at school as well how bad heroin was and so I always sort of said I would never touch that but then I thought oh I'll try it and that was it it's it is what they say you know once you've taken it once yeah that's it do you think it was hate for yourself as well 
at all or, or was it all hate was it all hate for your your mum for myself as well yeah yeah I didn't love myself at all no. I think that confidence no. gone in the abusive relationship hadn't it that had been taken yeah away. I think because obviously I felt that my mum didn't really want me my mum didn't really love me I was never good enough for my nan um and then obviously with that boyfriend I wasn't good enough for him and he used to beat me and so yeah I'd started to hate myself and think I was just not good enough yeah. you must have felt really lonely as well really lonely yeah, yeah. during them times so yeah. you want to go to something that is going to help get it's going to help get you through isn't it it's gonna you know it's going to uh that's all part all part of the self Low self so so you so you were in these you were in this bed set with 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 other girls um and what happened after that um so yeah so then I was with this current boyfriend and he got a flat um and I moved in with him into his flat and we continued um taking her and I got pregnant um, and then when I went for the 12 week um, scan, yeah. there was no heartbeat and I had lost the baby basically. And I miscarried some of it and I had to go into hospital and ha- have the rest of it removed. That was hard. That was really traumatic. But I think I was so numb at the time and I don't think I've ever grieved that even today I just kind of put it behind and my boyfriend was you know like we went to the to the doctors um had the to the hospital had the scan and they said that it was gone you know and and I was going to miscarry and I had to go back to check that everything had come out and it hadn't but when we first went and found that out I was like oh like let's go shopping because we was gonna go shopping afterwards and he said no I can't go shopping now we need to go home and then he just bawled his eyes out but I was just like numb yeah yeah I didn't have and yeah I still that is one thing that I still need to work on. And that. it fell at the right time. It will come. I, I feel for me, things have come up at the right time. When when you're strong, when you yeah. know you're strong enough, then then it, it will happen naturally. You know. Yeah. I think sometimes with the healing, we can we can push ourselves. For me, I can push myself into it too much. Right, I want it all now. I want to do. You know, I want. I yeah. want it all right now. Let's let's get it done. Let's do it. You know, and it's all it's all in timing, isn't it? it is yeah when we're, and we're in the right place and when you know um yeah I do believe everything happens in perfect yes. timing it does it does yeah. it all happens for a purpose doesn't it yeah um, also when I was very young so I've always been naturally quite spiritual and I used to pray and like say grace before I air and I used to like to, I've always done these sort of ri- little rituals and I used to get my cousin to lay down and I would put her into a meditation I didn't know what I was doing or that it was even called meditation when I was that young and I'd lay with my legs up the wall and things like yeah. that 
And my cousins would pick on me and bully me basically and say that I was weird and I was soft because I used to cry if they hurt the animals and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but keep being told that all the time. And even at school, uh, I was different and being told that you're weird. And, you know, it just knocked everything out of me. Yeah. Um, and and so I think that's why I just took the drugs. You try and, and cover that up, don't you? You try and cover that with a, with a, um, with a thumb. Yeah, because I couldn't be who I was because yeah. everybody was always telling me that, you know, it was wrong or it was weird and yeah. littling yeah. me for it to the point where I became ashamed of who I was. And like you said, you don't like the sound of your own voice. <laughs> and I'm the same because I used to say something like, oh, mummy, whatever, and then one of them would go, oh, mummy, and, like, take the mickey out of your voice. And so that's always kind of stayed with me as well. It's amazing what stays with you, isn't it, from a child? But you think yeah. effect, but it does. If you start to think about it, it all goes back to your childhood. How did you – so so how do you finance the, your, the, the hearing? Um, well, I shoplift, and I shoplifted – I was shoplifting even when I was still at school. I, I used to play truant from school and yeah. go to town and yeah. um, shoplift and sell bits and pieces. And um, so I always shoplifted stuff and sold it to get my money. Um, and I ended up going to prison for shoplifting when I was 18. So how did you feel going to prison? How did you feel? Did you feel remorse or did you feel... Speaking to someone now who's probably in that same situation, shoplifting, um, you know, for their addiction, what would you say? Yeah. It's hard, really, to, to know what to say because, like you say, I just wanted to be loved. And so I would, I would just try and tell that person, you know, there is love out there and that whatever's led you to, to be in that place is not the truth. Yeah. Then people, all of that hurt can be healed and and it is possible, you know, to, to get out of that, yeah. that situation. Yeah. But at the point in time, in all honesty, it wouldn't have... Well, I don't know. You know, I think if the right person had have come along and really shown me love... And, and spoke to me in the way that I would have related to, then things could have been different, yeah. I always but, do that with, with these youth centres, you know. My heart's always been for the youth, especially with mine being teenagers, well, being through all that. But, you know, there's not enough around for the youth. There's not enough support. Yeah. I don't I don't think yeah. on that. You were kind of just shoved into a, a bedsit and get on with it sort of thing. yeah. But, you're just There's not the right sort of support out no. there, definitely. No. no. So how did you feel on the day when you were sentenced? Well, I, I wasn't really bothered about it. Yeah. And was it what you thought it was in there? Um, I think it was easier. Yeah. Than I thought it would be. And at that point, I just, it was only, I think I only got a three-month sentence and did like six weeks or yeah. something. Yeah. I was just eager to get back out to get my drugs. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, were you offered any help in there at all? Um, no, no, not offered any help. You were just given a prescription, a heroin. I was given yeah. a methadone yeah. prescription, yeah. so I, I was still in it. Again, the help should have been there. Yeah, no, there wasn't. No, no. No. Well, you came back out and went back. Did you go back to your boyfriend or did you? Yeah, yeah, I went back to my boyfriend um, and things just carried on that same way I did have jobs as well I always sort of had little cleaning jobs and things like that I was always trying to um be a bit more responsible I think because I did periodically go and and get a job and thinking about cleaning myself up but it just wasn't it didn't ever turn into anything positive, really. I just stayed there. I went to prison again. I got a six-month sentence, which was for um, shoplifting. Yeah. Again. And it was the same thing. I just came out. But at some... Yes, when I came... So me and the the boyfriend... So in somewhere amongst that, I got my own council flat. But I never lived in it. I rented it out because I lived with my boyfriend. Yeah. We had then split up. And so I went, when I got out of prison that time, I went to go and live in my own flat. Um, And there was this guy that I thought was my friend, but he'd actually always had other ideas. Um, And he wanted me to be his girlfriend and I didn't want to. And he kept me hostage in my flat terrorized me and raped me this went on for probably about three months so what got you through them three months I actually was praying and it kind of took me back to my spirituality and and I would just pray and it's a bit of a blur really because it was so traumatic and that's only natural. I, I just remember pre- praying and I was co- going cold turkey as well because he had me hostage in the flat yeah. so I couldn't get any drugs. And what he was saying was that he loved me, you know, the drugs were no good, he was doing it for my own benefit, he was going to kick the habit out of me and make me his, basically. Yeah. And then he went out to shop. And I'd been too scared to try and get away from him until this one day I had just been praying and praying and he went out to the shop and I thought, this is my chance. And I ran out and I went to my friends and I wanted to try and get a gun because I was so petrified and it was my flat and I wanted to go back to my home and not be scared. So my plan was to get a gun go back to the flat and then when he came back I'd threaten him with the gun protect myself but actually the guy that I thought could get me a gun that she took me to go and see didn't but he offered to come to my flat and secure it and put new locks on and he like put these big steel um and the guy that was terrorizing me knew of this guy so when he saw me coming back with him he didn't come yeah 
in um, this guy was like a gangster basically yeah, yeah. um so he put these big steel things in and stayed with me for a couple of days and then he was telling me about that I could do an arranged marriage with like an African <clears throat> to get some money so I was going to do that and then that is what led me actually into escorting yeah so I started escorting and I was clean at the time because I'd I'd gone cold turkey and I earned quite a lot of money doing that. Yeah. Um, but I I I got back onto the the drugs because I had all this money and um wasn't working on myself or healing or anything. I was still lost and in this flat on my own and yeah. Um yeah, and, and eventually I because I got I also started taking crack as well as heroin, which eventually led me to work prostitution on the street. And eventually, how did you get into that? The prostitution on the street? Did you just did you know somebody or no? Just through desperation, and I'd been escorting anyway. But I was getting into such a mess and one evening because I'd thought about it before and I and then one evening I had ran out of money um and I just thought I'm just gonna go down there and, yeah. and just try it so yeah. I got dressed up went on the bus and and it seemed easy um so yeah and I was doing the street and escorting at the same time for a little while um yeah and that that time about yourself or had that already gone all of the yeah I felt really rubbish I felt I'd really sort of hit the lowest point and I was really quite desperate I really wanted to change by that point I wanted to get clean I hated my life and I hated crack but it had such a massive hold. It's a weird thing. Like heroin is physically addictive. You're ill if you don't take it, whereas crack is mentally addictive. And so even though I hated it, I hated the way it made me, I was so addicted to it that I would still take it. So I was having this constant battle with myself not wanting to be doing what I was doing but I was so locked into the addiction and the lifestyle and I didn't have anyone to turn to because I hadn't seen my mum for years now at this point and I just thought she would be so ashamed Um, I felt ashamed of myself I felt just desperate and I was heartbroken and um so I ended up committing a robbery at Knife Point. I held two people up at yeah. Knife Point. And um, that was a massive cry for help. And when I got sentenced to four years, I actually thanked the judge because it was like it was my way out. Yeah. So once I got into prison... I really made the most of it. I got all the help. I went to all the courses. Um, yeah. And and then when I came out of prison, I went to then go and live with my mum. 
I did have a sugar daddy throughout what all of courses? it. Courses? What courses did you do in prison? Oh, all all different ones. So I did a cleaning academy. I did a um, beauty course. Nice. I did a hairdressing course. I did a twelve step um, course. I went to a special sort of semi-open prison to do, which was called a wrapped course, which yeah. was another 12-step thing. Um, so did I you, did, like, maths and English. and yeah, That's brilliant, isn't it? So did you yeah. feel safer inside rather than out on the streets? Yeah. It was, it was a safer, more... It gave me my chance. It yeah. did because I couldn't get I couldn't get clean outside because I didn't have anyone or anything. I was surrounded by other drug users. My flat, I didn't never have any electric. It was just a bare shower. Yeah. Um I I couldn't do it. I tried before. I tried just staying at home and going cold turkey. I'd been and you know got methadone, and I could I couldn't do it on my own out there. I was too deep in it all. Yeah, and so inside, was you offered help to get off? Put onto a reduction prescription of something which is called Subutex. Right. Um. So I was put onto that. And I was offered a, a, a lot more help, you know, with the 12-step programme and that kind of thing. So I think when I had the very small sentences that were only a few weeks, few months, it's not enough time. No, no. So they just, they just don't bother offering anything because it's not enough time. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's really, though, when they need to nip it in the bud and offer the help. And ongoing. Once you're released, yeah. yeah, to prevent you getting to yeah. that step. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you left prison, did you go back to your flat? Um, no, so I, when my flat got taken, because my prison sentence was so long, yeah. um, the, the flat got taken back by the council. <clears throat> and so when I came out, I went to live with my mum. And so my mum had always supported me. Once she realised, once I ripped her and told her that I was in prison and I'd got four years, she regularly came to visit me. Um, She always supported me. And I think that as well is what gave me the strength and the determination to turn my life around. My mum showing me that she did actually love me. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably when the healing journey started, wasn't it? That is, yeah, that is when it started, definitely. It's given me goosebumps Yeah, just talking about it because I know it is and it's almost like my body goes into this sense of relief because that was the moment when I start to heal. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. So you went to to live with your mum and did you start doing the therapies on the court, the courses that you've been taught, did you start? No, I went to live with my mum and I got a job um, with, this is a thing, so I, ha- I had a sugar daddy, so he used to send me money while I was in prison yeah. and I used to work from his flat um, doing, doing the escorting as well 
And um, so he was still there. So even though I had started to heal, I wanted to change. I was on that kind of, I wasn't quite there yet. So I did actually start for a little while. Well, that's all you knew. I was. Yeah. Yeah, for a little while I was, but I was being more sensible. I didn't get back on the drugs and I opened up a, um, but like an ISA account and I was putting my money into there because it was a high interest one. Yeah. So building up and I enrolled onto a holistic therapies course and I started doing that. So I was escorting to, to make money in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. And the holistic therapies course was a full-time course. So f- throughout five days a week in a day, I was at college. But unfortunately, my ex-boyfriend that I used to live with, that I got on the heroin with, I was still in love with him. And he had been in prison and got released from prison and managed to find me. Um, he was clean because he'd got clean in prison. And I thought, this could really be our chance. You know, I'd lost the two um, pregnancies with him, and he was the love of my life. And we both got into drugs young, and I thought, this is our chance. You know, he's my soulmate. So got back with him, but he very quickly got back into drugs. So I did as well but only for very short only for literally about eight weeks yeah and I knew something in me had changed and I knew that life was over now I don't want that so I I said to him I I can't be with you and I ended it and I literally hard to do was it it was really hard yeah to do that what gave you the strength Because I had started to love myself, I think I'd started to heal. My mum was there. I just knew, you know, I'd spent nearly three years in prison. I'd worked so hard. I just couldn't go back there. I just didn't want, I didn't want that life anymore. I'd got into it so young, I didn't know any different. Yeah. And as an adult now, I knew that that's not what I want. That's not what I was meant for. I'd lived that, you know, it's time for something different now. And it was really hard because I did love him. And, you know, he's actually doing life in prison now. That's that's his his choice. That's the journey that he took, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I think, God, good job. Yeah, thankfully you could have been doing the same if you'd carried on, but you you stepped exactly. out. You know, it was scary, probably. It was scary, you know. Yeah. What's going to happen? What's going to, you know, but you took that step and look at where you are now, you know. Yeah. You're doing, yeah. you're doing amazingly. You just, you know. I know. But you, you also, you went to work in a, a cattery, is that right? Yeah. So, um I finished the, so I left him anyway, and I basically just stayed in, I just stopped taking the drugs. And because I'd only been on them for not such a long amount of time, the withdrawal wasn't too bad. And I didn't go and get any help. I didn't take any substitute. 
I just went cold turkey and, and it was hard, but I was determined. That's um, yeah, and um, so I finished the holistic therapies course, but I also stopped doing the escort and I decided I didn't want to be doing that anymore. So I needed some sort of money and my mum said, oh, um, the rescue centre one of her friends volunteers there and they're looking for somebody to look after the cats and I've always loved cats so I emailed I went for for a job interview and they gave me the job and it was voluntary for the first I think two months and then they said yeah we'll we'll definitely take you on and I worked my way up and became the cattery manager it's amazing Um, doors open once you take that step and close that door yeah. to, your, to your previous life, have doors all of a sudden open before you. And yeah. Happening. Exactly. And you don't and see that when you're closing that door. You don't see your future. You don't see, you just got to blindly close the door, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. Must be amazing. But yeah, that is so true, Ruth, because now things like this happen all the time. Yes. You know, it's like, the more I live my truth, the more abundance yeah. comes my way. And the kinder I am to myself, the more naturally kinder I just am in general yeah. to other people. But it all does stem from with yourself first. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and then, you know, it's true what they say. It comes back tenfold. And and it just really does. And it all takes time, as I was saying before. It doesn't it? It all takes time, exactly. Yeah, I mean, thinking out 41 now, and I'm only just, like, realising this. No, it's brilliant. No, it's great. So you, I know you said to me that you went you went to a holistic fair and met a, a yoga teacher, was it? Yeah, yeah. So I'd been looking for yoga for a while and I'd like joined a gym because they did yoga class there and it wasn't quite right it was just like an exercise class and I was just searching yeah for for something and I and I was just drawn to yoga and and crystals I've always loved crystals and I stopped at this crystal stall at a holistic fair and um then I brought a couple and then she was saying to me, oh, I'm starting up a yoga class. She just finished her teacher training. And so I went to that and it was just perfect. And it was like, whoa, everything just suddenly clicked and this is it. Um, because she did a lot of the spiritual side of yoga. It wasn't all just about the exercises. And she also started holding a red tent once a month which was just all for it's all for women and it's called the red tent um and it goes back to when jesus was on the earth and on the new moon all of the women would stay in a tent and they would all have their um periods would all come at the same time and they'd spend the time resting in this tent and it's called the red tent and we would tell stories and it was just a safe space oh, where we cool. could just 
speak about whatever we needed to speak about at the time and yeah we would offer you know if any of us were therapists we'd offer therapies to each other we'd share food and oh and it it was just so beautiful massive part of the healing process massive part that really kind of skyrocketed it off because it was like yeah this is this is my tribe you know this is what I've been kind of searching for all my life yeah so on on talking to you um I I have got like a spiritual side but I'm just going starting on that journey but I feel that all your life has been somebody watching over you in this yeah have you ever been told that been watching over Um, and leading you and being there in the background yeah I have been told that and I do feel that and I think it's my granddad yeah most likely but yeah I definitely feel that and I think some of the situations I've been in have been really life-threatening yeah and I've always come out okay and drugs that I've taken and everything you know I've come out pretty okay and every day I give thanks for that I'm so blessed but I do think it is somebody is you know there taking care of me yeah I've been watching over you although at the time we don't see it do we (laughs) We no no feel alone no one's there nobody understands nobody you know totally alone but I'm looking back you say well actually someone was watching over my life some someone was there you know yeah in the spiritual because you've always been spiritual as you said um yeah so so you picked up the holistic therapies again um and and you started doing them now haven't you what therapies do you do now um so I do aromatherapy massage and reflexology lovely that's yeah. great it's like it's helping others as well isn't it it's it is helping others. It's amazing. And and I do feel that is what I was always meant to be doing. And I think this is my chance now yeah. to actually be doing what I was meant to be doing and living it? as my authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite funny when I think back to when I was young and like me and my cousin used to sleep top to tail in the bed and I'd always be like doing her feet and massaging her feet, and it's just yeah. And I and I'd go out and pick rose petals and try and make rose oil. And I know a lot of you know probably most young girls do that, but for me it was just such a natural yeah. thing. Yeah. And that maternal side in me as well. Um, I didn't have children, but it was obviously not meant to be given to that it was meant to be given to helping a lot of others and yeah. I always thought it was because I was meant to be helping the cats yeah. and I had raised lots of newborn orphan kittens and I think if I had have had children I wouldn't have done that yeah, it's all and I wouldn't be here now so I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to have children yeah and it's and because that's not my purpose in this lifetime, um, but it, it's to be healing and helping others. It's lovely that you found your purpose, you know, to it help is, other, yeah. other people and to help help the cats. And 
yeah peace to them you know and give them a bit of home do you still work in the cattery now no I don't but I do do cat sitting yeah but so. it was all that time of your life that was needed it was all part of the healing the healing, it was. The healing process wasn't it yeah, yeah. Was. I know you said when you talked to me, you said you wasn't ready to heal others until I'd really worked hard on yourself. Could you explain more about that? Um, what you did to really work hard on yourself? Yeah, so um so I started doing yoga and then I started writing a journal, but I sadly I lost my journal. I went for a yoga retreat. And I've and I lost my journal there, and it's such a shame because it had so much stuff. And I bought another journal to replace it, but I haven't been able to get into yeah. writing it. But I think it was just a lot of soul searching and kind of putting myself out there to be able to meet the right people. Mm-hmm. Because I think friends has been a massive part of that you know and I never really had the confidence before to have actually even have friends because I didn't like myself whereas now I've got a few really really good friends we're like-minded yeah Yeah. um and that's how you find like-minded friends it is yeah and you have to work on that as well like keeping a friendship yeah Yeah. don't take don't take it for granted and you know just the determination I was just really determined to become my real self so it's hard to put into words and I don't really know exactly what I've done well there's little things I suppose like I was always grumpy in the mornings I've always been grumpy in the mornings and then one day I said to myself right in the morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to tell myself, today I choose to be joyful and smile, regardless of if I feel like it. And I've done that every single morning since I decided to. And wow, it just made such a massive difference. And I'm never grumpy in the morning. It's the power of the mind and affirmations as well. Um, and And it's repetition for me. So I'm on a spiritual course where I get lessons, um, two lessons, uh, four less, two lessons a month, one a fortnight. I'm reading that. I I follow a yogic path, which isn't just the postures, but I chant. Um, I'm not great at meditating, but chanting is my meditation. Yeah. Um, and like times when I don't feel like, oh, I can't, I can't be bothered. I don't feel like it. But making myself go and do my spiritual practice. All what's healed me and, and is making me stronger all the time is just by being determined yeah. and persevering yeah. and being kind to myself, yeah. really. And yeah so amazing do you know that oh thank you (laughs) helping others and no it's absolutely amazing yeah Um, how how do you think um so uh, people are listening today some of them have got children 
mums, dads that, that is on, on drugs um, or even alcohol. Um, have you got a tip for them? Have you got what? Could your mum have done anything that would have helped if she'd been in your life during that period? I think I would just say you are worth more than that. And there is more out there. You know, there are people out there that want to help and just seek that. You you do have to be mentally want to get clean um, to be able to accept help. But and and just believe in yourself, believe that there's more, and you don't always have to know exactly, you know oh, I want to be a doctor or something like that. You don't need to know that, but just know that you are um, valid and important and a very important part of this whole universe because we're all one um, and it doesn't matter what you've done, you know, it can be forgiven. You need to forgive yourself and there are the right people out there, definitely. Amazing. We're going to move into the quickfire questions, which is okay. ask you a question, you just give an answer. and So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go for that quickly. This is So, so we're wrapping up now. Um, okay. So we'll just quick, quickfire to find out a bit more about you and um, your favourite holiday. Holiday. Um, I like Cornwall. I like to just go down to Cornwall. I like exploring new places. I've never been abroad. Cornwall, yeah, I love Cornwall. What makes you smile? What's on your bedside table? Oh, blimey. All sorts. There's a a lamp, um, a stapler. <laughs> a hairband, I love it. A, a card, a pencil case, <laughs> and um, coursework. All sorts. Oh, that's, that's why you got the stapler. Okay, and the pencil case. <laughs> yeah, there's a salt lamp, and there's a picture of. Um, there's a framed picture of Rama and Sita. Oh, lovely. Lovely. That's nice. That's lovely. Two things you're grateful for in your life at the moment. I'm grateful for my health and I'm grateful to have a home. Yeah. Yeah. What do you wish you had known when you was 13? I wish I would have known that picking up drugs would have taken so much of my life. Yeah, I I wish I would have known that because I thought it was all fun to to begin with, like probably most people do. So I wish I would have known that. Yeah. Yeah. Your favourite book and why? I don't really know. Are you reading a book at the moment? I am reading a book at the moment, but it's... um. It's called The Yoga of Discipline. Oh, wow. And it's by my guru. She's called Guru Mai. 
Um, and, and it's just fantastic. It's all about discipline. And this is what helps me as well, reading these sort of books. I don't really read fiction. But, yeah, I don't really have a favourite book. I've got a favourite um, film. Okay, what's that? Dirty Dancing. Oh, I like that one, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. That's one I can watch oh. over and over. Yeah. Yeah. What a man. Yeah. <laughs> um, last time you tried something new, what was it? Mm, don't know, really. I think I'm quite boring. Don't really. You've started the massage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I decided to be brave and set up doing the therapy. So, yeah, that's something new. I wouldn't say you're boring. (laughs) I think there's quite a lot of new I just can't think. I get a bit stumped when I'm put on the spot like that. I get a bit stumped like, oh. And then later on, when I'm rethinking about our conversation... All these things will come up, and I'll be like, "I should have said that. I could have said that." Yes, it's all meant to be at that time, isn't it? I do that, and I was thinking back yeah. to the journal that you said you lost. Maybe that was for a reason. Yeah, because, yeah, because it wasn't meant to be for you to keep going over it and over it. That was for that healing gone. You, you know, when sometimes you burn, you've got to do stuff, and you burn it and let it go. Maybe it's all part of letting go. Probably, it, it's all yeah. part of the reason, isn't it? Definitely. Above your head is a stuffed monkey. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the whole time it's so sweet. <laughs> He's a sweet He's so sweet. He's and so there's sweet. a cat on this side. Oh, so sweet! They are sweet. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got teddy bears and stuff around me. I think it's a girly thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And this one, this me to you bear. Yeah. My mum bought this and sent it to me not long after I first started my long prison sentence. Yeah. So oh, he did yeah. the whole prison sentence oh, with me. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. That's lovely. <laughs> that's, that's lovely that you've got that back with your mum as well. That's special. It is. It's yeah. amazing. It yeah. is amazing. It is. Yeah. Oh, I'd really appreciate you, you coming on and sharing your story and it's going to help so many, so many more, you know, women... Well, take- this is something new, isn't it? Because it I is. never thought I would ever do this. No, no. This is it something is. It is something new. It is. Yeah. No, it's been great. It's been great chatting to you. And you, Ruth. Well, thank you for opening up and sharing your story. It's well, thank you for providing the space. And I think you're amazing, everything oh, thank you, you do to help thank others you. and inspire and... Yeah. I really actually feel blessed that I've met you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I feel like we've met before, maybe. There's like a it connection. Feels like that. Yeah. 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 Isn't it? In a previous life. Probably. Yeah. Was, definitely. Yeah, it's comfortable, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, you make me smile. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so do you. <laughs> I'd like to thank Alice for, for speaking today and finding her voice, which is going to bring so much more healing to others. When we free ourselves, we free those around us. Freedom is contagious. Alice expected her life to, mater- to materialise the way she envisioned in her hopes and dreams, getting married, having a family, being happy. 
Her dreams were shattered and she had to survive day by day. The thought of today, I think, is no matter what you've done, no matter what you've come through, no matter who you are, no matter how low that you think you've got, you can get through this. You can do this. A lot of times we don't see light at the end of the tunnel when we're actually going through something. But you know what? You, there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can get through this. And Alice's story proved that today. You can get through it. You can be victorious and you can be positive and you can become whole again. You can go through healing and you can become that person that you've always wanted to be. They say that not to look back. There's no point in looking back at our mistakes, but just to look forward. Look forward to who you want to be and keep healing, keep pressing on, have a positive mindset and you will, you will get through this. You will get through this. Thank you, Alice. Thank you.